Welcome into the PHNX Suns podcast brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave a five-star review. I'm Lindsay Smith here with Espo and Gerald Borgay. Gentlemen, how are you doing on this fine Tuesday? <laughs> I'm doing great. That was a, a way to tee it off, Lindsay. <laughs> I'm glad that you enjoyed my little pun there. <laughs> That's when somebody's trying trying real hard to make a hashtag translate to the spoken word there. I, I appreciate it. My daughter, uh, the, the way I got into this whole being it, a Tuesday with 2-22-22 and the whole thing was my daughter's school on, on Friday sent home a note that uh, Tuesday is Twins Day and they've been assigned a, a friend of theirs to dress alike as uh, for, for today. So I was like, oh. Well, that's nifty. And then I saw on Twitter today that apparently everybody was in on the uh, Tuesday act. And uh, I just was the one that wasn't aware of it. Not just not just uh, five year olds at, at school. It's the whole world. So I think it's fun. I don't know. I, I would say I'm going to put you guys on the spot here. What I've been seeing a lot of is people saying that you need to set like intentions and manifestations and things of that sort, because apparently it's a really good number if you're into that kind of thing. What would your intentions be if you were to set one today? Oh, for the Phoenix Suns to win a championship, that would be neat. I, you know, I'm torn on that one, Gerald, because I feel like if the Suns win this year, I may not want to do the show anymore just because I finally <laughs> go out on top of all of this. And uh, I don't know if that's good for the bank account. The, the you know, the Cove crazies or, or flat girthers may think it's a great idea, but I'm, I uh, for me not to be around anymore and to get a title, but I'm uh, I'm on the fence. But intentions, if I'm looking at this, I mean, I'm still on the lose the weight train, get healthier train. So maybe it's that or maybe it's just simply finding ways to find peace of mind more often than I than I usually do. If you want That's to a good one, especially in today's world. That's a really tough one to kind of navigate these days. So I'm, I'm with you there, Espo. I think. For me, it would be mostly like find like peacefulness, like you said, but also happiness and just the small things, right? Like it doesn't have to be like this grand old big thing in order to be happy. Like you can find happiness in the small everyday kind of parts of life. I, I feel like happiness is a myth and that contentment is what we're all searching for. That's fair. That's uh, a good one. So to go... To go deep on this, uh, let's go deep right off the top. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I've ever gone uh, gone deep like this on the show, but I, I'm a firm believer in happiness is a myth. We're all searching for contentment, and when we find that peace, that's when we'll all feel as if we've reached the happiness that we're all looking for. Well, that's what I'm here for to just kind of like derail this whole thing, um, you know? Because why not? It's Tuesday. Let's have a little bit of fun. But we do have some Suns talk, of course, to get into. So with the news of Chris Paul being sidelined for six to eight weeks with the injury, the question on many people's minds right now is, should the Suns pick up someone in the buyout market? So let's talk about it. First and foremost, a key date to kind of keep in mind is March 1st. So a player on an NBA contract must be waived by the end of the day on March 1st in order to retain his playoff eligibility. Now, we're not saying the Suns are going to make a move. It's actually probably more likely that they won't make a move. 
but they do have three games between now and then. So pending if and when players are bought out, they do have some some time to see how things kind of come together for the team without Chris Paul and decide whether or not they are going to make a move. Before we dive into potential targets and options, guys, are you team yes or no on the Suns needing to make a move in the buyout market? Oh, I'm, I go back and forth because when I think of if campaign uh, has a setback or anything and I have to see massive Alfred Payne, uh, Alfred Payton, Payne, Alfred Payne, uh, Alfred Payton minutes, I am, I'm not overly thrilled for that, right? Especially when you're trying to keep the number one seed in the West. But, uh, but realistically, I'll say I'm on team yay because I, I'd like to upgrade that, but I think realistically uh, it's a team no from, uh, from the franchise. Yeah, I'm kind of torn on this as well, and I think it honestly just depends on who becomes available because, you know, when you go into the trade deadline and after, especially in the aftermath of the trade deadline, you hear a lot of names pop up as guys who could be on the buyout market and basically none of those, except for Goran Dragic, have materialized. And Dragic has already signed with the Nets, so that one is is out right off the top. Um, so I, I think you kind of wait and bide your time and see how the market materializes. See if there are any names that pop up that might be worth looking into. But you know, we should note again that for the Suns to pick up anybody on the buyout market, they have to cut somebody. And Ish Wainwright doesn't count because he's on that two-way contract. So it would probably either be Alfred Payton or Frank Kaminsky. Um, and I know a lot of people are really down on Alfred Payton and his minutes, but the Suns do value that continuity. They value um, Alfred Payton, you know, which is, is as weird as it sounds to say, especially since they did trade for Aaron Holiday. They do value having him as kind of a break glass in case of emergency type option. So if they're going to bring somebody in, they would have to be a notable upgrade and someone who they believe could fit in with this team's chemistry and not disrupt that. Because if you're cutting Frank Kaminsky, I mean, that's a guy that's well-liked in the locker room. If you're cutting Alfred Payton, that's another hard worker who has, you know, as much as he hasn't played well, he does fit in with this group personality-wise just in terms of their, their work ethic. So... You have to bear all these things in mind. And I know it sounds like I'm, you know, rationalizing keeping Alfred Payton. I think if someone like an Eric Gordon or whatever becomes available, you quickly change your stance. But for now, you just have to wait and see what comes up in the market first. Yeah, I think that's the biggest kind of struggle within this whole conversation is that, sure, in theory, it would be great to go out and get somebody, but is that somebody that you really want even going to be available? Because like you said, Gerald, right now we're operating off of rumors and potential to be bought out for a lot of these players. A lot of it hasn't actually materialized. Mm -hmm. But for the sake of conversation, mm -hmm. who would be your preferred target based on the people who are rumored to potentially be available throughout the buyout market? So some people off the top... Um, of my head who I've seen out there on social media that people have been talking about Javon Carter, who is actually available. 
Mm -hmm. Eric Gordon, Dennis Schroeder, and Gary Harris are all rumored to potentially be available. And those seem to be the top four guys, of course, outside of Goran Dragic. But again, as you mentioned, he's off the table. He signed with the Nets. So that's out the window. Mm-hmm. Who would be a preferred target for you guys? Let me let me start off by being very clear. Javon Carter is not that target, right? Uh, <laughs> if he was that guy, they wouldn't have traded him in the offseason. I know people say, well, they let Torrey Craig go. They let Torrey Craig go because of money. They traded Javon Carter. They made a choice, uh, a business decision to get rid of Javon Carter. He didn't see minutes with Monty last year, which I think spoke volumes to to the way that they perceive him. Javon Carter ain't that guy, right? Uh, If Eric Gordon gets moved, which I've heard whispers, I'm not saying rumors, I'm not saying anything concrete. I've heard whispers that it may be a possibility. That's obviously a name that you go after. Even if it's simply we can get him and it ensures somebody else doesn't get him to make them that much better, that's a name that you cut uh, an Alfred Payton or God forbid, a Frank Kaminsky for. But really, you know who I think they need to pick up? Campaign from last season and Landry Shamet, who shoots, uh, you know, 30, you know, 37, 38, 39% from beyond the arc. If you pick up those two guys for this back half, everything's fine and you don't need to make that move. But Eric Gordon is the one guy I have circled that if he becomes a buyout, that's the guy you go after. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. You know, he's shooting just under 42% from three this year, averaging about 14 points a game. Um, and he's another ball handler and shot creator, like we've talked about, who can really take pressure off of you when, you know, the playoffs come and, and defenses are honing in on uh, Chris Paul and Devin Booker. You know, we, we've also talked about how Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson expanding their offense really helps in that regard. But for the next six to eight weeks without Chris Paul, you know, not having Eric Gordon kind of stings a little bit because he could easily fill in with some of those ball handling and, and offensive creation uh, role that Chris Paul has to take on. The problem here is I don't know if it's going to happen. Like Eric Gordon still has two years and $38 million left on his contract, including this year. And then the third year beyond that, he's got a non-guarantee $21 million on his contract. So it's hard to see the Rockets coming to some sort of buyout agreement with him that makes both sides happy when there's so much money left on the table, especially because they have said that like they value his veteran leadership and the way that he's been playing this season. Um, So I don't know, you know, they could just keep him under contract and try and trade him again next year. If that, if that, you know, if they need to get something out of him. So I don't know if they would just buy him out. They could. They could do him a solid and be like, look, go compete for a championship with the Suns. That would be really cool. But, again, that's a lot of money to find a a happy compromise on in just letting a productive player go for nothing. I I think it would come down to him going to ownership and management and saying, look, we both understand the realities of this. You're in a rebuild. I'm at the end of my career. This is a lot of money you're on the hook for. I want a chance at a championship. Let's meet at a palatable number for both of us. You save cash, you save face, you look good to other vets when you're back in the market to try to sign sign those kind of guys. Let's make something work. That's the only way I see Houston doing it, as if it's you know this guy who's, who's been there for them in the good and the bad, 
asks asks out directly. Otherwise, I don't see it happening. All right. So I think we're all in agreement then that Eric Gordon would be the top choice if he were to become available. But because a couple of these other names, and I think we've already talked about Javon Carter enough, unless, Gerald, you had any additional things you wanted to add there. Um, but let's go down the list and just kind of entertain the idea of a couple other names that I've seen that are really hot on Sun Social. Dennis Schroeder, what do you guys think about how he may fit into this team? I know a lot of the negatives have come from more of a chemistry sort of conversation around him. Yeah, I, I'm torn on Dennis Schroeder because the guy can obviously score but he's not the most efficient scorer either. He's only shooting like 34% from three. Um, he can score. He can set up teammates well. And we should bear in mind the last time that he did play alongside Chris Paul, he had his most efficient and most productive season in the NBA. Like he was very good on that Thunder team. He's a guy that, as we saw in the Lakers series last year, can kind of hound guys up and down the floor um, in limited minutes. So I feel like if he gets bought out, maybe you keep him on your radar, but there's also the, it's a double-edged sword because unlike Alfred Payton, he's a guy who would want to play and who would kind of need to play if you add him to the roster. I don't know if him playing, you know, the potential downsides is better to just not playing Alfred Payton. You know what I mean? Like if you get Schroeder, you have to play him. Alfred Payton, you don't have to play him unless you know, you absolutely have to because Chris Paul's out or, you know, campaign is also out, whatever the case may be. I just, I'm kind of torn on it because we have seen, you know, he's been dealt to so many different teams in the last couple of years. If he was that good, teams would hold on to him, I feel like, for longer than a couple of months at a time. And I know Celtics fans have absolutely hated when he's been on the court this year. So I'm, I'm a little bit iffy on that one. Yeah, his assist to turnover ratio isn't isn't the greatest. You're you're talking about a, a guy that you know shoots a lot but doesn't make it, make shots efficiently. I mean, he's shooting thirty six percent since he arrived in Houston. Was shooting forty four percent in Boston. I mean, we're not talking about the greatest scorer. He's a guy that if we knew Chris Paul was going to be out through the playoffs, I think you start to consider because you're going to need somebody to take major minutes for the long haul. But right now I just, I, I tend to shy away from the thought of Dennis Schroeder. And I know people are like, well, I mean, he's been on good teams. He knows how to, how to do things. I just, the chemistry, the, you know, if you believe campaign will be healthy enough, if you believe in, in Aaron Holiday, like you've shown uh, the propensity to since he's arrived, I ride with that uh, because Chris Paul will be back uh, from every indication by the end of the season, beginning of the playoffs. So you do not need a full-fledged stopgap. You just need to hold hold serve between now and the end of the season to stay in that one seed. I don't. I think the risk is higher than the reward. Yeah, and then, like you said, Gerald, if he really does want to play and he's not seeing as much playing time as he would like, what happens in that kind of scenario, right? Does he get a little upset about it? Is he, Like with Alfred Payton, you said he's accepted that role that he has on this team. Would Dennis be able to do the same? It's kind exactly. of a toss-up because you just don't know. All right, the next player that I've seen tossed around quite a bit, Gary Harris. Thoughts mm -hmm. on him? 
Yeah, I, I think kind of like the Eric Gordon situation, it's one of those things where I don't know if the Magic will actually make him available because they appreciate what he's been doing as kind of a veteran locker room guy on a losing team. Um, you know, he's averaging 11 points per game. He's shooting 38% from three. We all know he's a very good uh, perimeter and wing defender, which you would love to have on a team like the Suns. Um, hopefully, you know, if a guy like him became available, I think you put him in the Eric Gordon category as far as like, yeah, I would cut Alfred Payton to make room for him um, because he can shoot, he can defend, he's a 3 and D guy. And the thing is like whether the Magic actually buy him out because they they are at risk of losing him for nothing. He's on a $20.5 million expiring contract. So there is a possibility that he's like, okay, peace. I, I don't want to play here again next year on, you know, one of the worst teams in the league. So they, they could be a buyout, but we haven't heard anything about it, which is strange because the deadline is coming up. So when you don't hear about a guy like that, who's, you know, been mentioned as one of the top buyout targets, I don't know. I feel like unless things heat up, he might just wind up staying there and they might try to re-sign him or, or something in the summer. Um, but he would be a, an attractive target if, if he did become available. He's attractive. I just don't know that he helps you with the hole that's left behind with Chris Paul for the next six, eight weeks. Uh, he's a, you know, he's more of a swing man. Uh, not, not real, uh, not really an assist guy as he has averaged just over two, his career he could help with some of that scoring maybe some of the defense but this feels like more of a guy that would be taking those Landry Shamit minutes potentially or would be a guy when you had to go point book that you could bring in to play some of that two guard if you don't like how Aaron Holiday's going or you don't want campaign and or uh and or Landry Shamit out there so it's it's a roundabout way to help things but I think you'd still be relying heavily on Booker, on Holiday, on Payne uh, for those main Chris Paul minutes that you're missing now. So we asked this question on Twitter yesterday at PHNX underscore Suns, and I went through a majority of the replies and the quote tweets on that post, and I'd say most people are in the nay camp. I think a lot of people have faith in this team. They hope and believe that campaign and Aaron Holiday will be able to hold it down in Chris Paul's absence. And of course, Devin Booker, whenever you need to turn to him to do a little bit of point book, he's obviously going to be able to handle that. So I think a good majority of Suns fans are like, let's just stick with what we've got. Like we're in a really good spot. Thankfully, that's one of the positives of this is that, you know, this team has taken the regular season pretty seriously and we've got a good leg up on the, uh, our opponents. So I think most people are in the nay camp. And it, like you said, Gerald, I don't know that the Suns are really inclined to make a move. I think it would have to be something that just seemed like the perfect opportunity at the perfect time. I don't think that they're just going to go out there and make a move for the sake of making a move just because Chris Paul got injured. Right. I think if the right target becomes available, then you seriously consider it because, you know, depending on who it is, they could help shoulder the load of not having Chris Paul for the next six to eight weeks. And, you know, depending on who it is, they could help in a pinch more than I think most of us would trust Alfred Payton to. 
Um, you know, I, I feel like just off the top of my head, a couple of other names that are worth keeping an eye on, but again, unlikely to hit the market. Tomas Sadoransky, he's posting terrible numbers this year, but he's barely played and he's like a six foot seven point guard. Basically he could provide you steadier minutes than Peyton does. Ben McLemore, another wing shooter, Contavious Caldwell Pope. There's no indications the Wizards will buy him out, but they kind of blew it up at the trade deadline. So, like, if he's available, he's got championship experience. He's a 3 and D guy who could help you. Um, and then a very off-the-wall one that I know people might be very skeptical of, but John Wall. The Rockets have no reason to keep him right now. They tried to trade him at the deadline. He's on the hook for, like, $44 million this year, 47 next year. They need to get rid of him. If he's available, maybe, but I feel like that's a riskier option. So those are just some of the guys. Let me let me ask you this, Gerald, and this is pure speculation. So I'm not reporting. I'm not saying I got sources. I'm just wondering your opinion on this because I love to put a guy uh, in an awkward position here. Do you <laughs> think that teams are back-channeling with agents, you know, not just the Suns, but teams around the league saying, hey, if your guy gets a buyout, we'd be interested in him to try to stoke those fires to request those. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lindsay, go ahead. You, you have a much stronger opinion than I do. I mean, why wouldn't they? That's well, like, tampering, well, this is like, maybe. I, well, yeah, but still, like, who doesn't tamper in this league? It's it, it's not that you can't tamper. It's that you can't get caught tampering. Like, I feel like we've already, we've already established that, right? Like, you just can't get caught. Like, but I feel like if, if you are, if you have the relationship to be able to have those kind of sidebar conversations while you're out having a coffee, casually catching up, of course, you're going to drop that little nugget of information in their ear. Lindsay's of the camp that James Jones has been texting LeBron this last year going, things don't look that nice in LA, do they? Well, now that might be a bit extreme. But, you know, just randomly sending the weather app, kind of like a screenshot of the weather app to certain people like, hey, look how nice it is out here in Phoenix. You should come visit sometime. Just a picture of the standings, you know, whatever it takes. (laughs) Yeah, the new digital postcard, a picture, a screenshot of the weather app from Phoenix. (laughs) It works, Um, I'm telling you. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I feel like they've got to at least have feelers out, but I don't know if they're to the extent of like, Hey, if you guys buy him out, we'd be interested. I don't, I, I, but again, I don't know how these conversations work or take place. So I could be completely wrong on that. I do think, I think if a team, you know, wants to do a guy, like maybe with the Rockets and Eric Gordon, right. If they, he's been there for a while, he's been a consistent, steady presence for their team. Like if they want to do him a solid and buy him out, maybe they tip off teams that, you know, he wants to go to and do him a favor in that way. Um, but I, but again, I don't know how this kind of buyout stuff works really. So. All right. I'll reach out to some of my friends that are former front office people and find out how this actually goes down. I'll, we can talk about it a little tomorrow if they choose to respond to me or not. <laughs> there we go. They're going to be super vague, but you'll pick up on the little, <laughs> the little hints that are dropped there. Yeah. I actually think they'll reply with, who's this? But we'll see. <laughs> I mean, like, it doesn't matter. Just answer the question. <laughs> All right, guys. Any final thoughts on uh, the buyout market and this conversation? 
Nah, nope. I don't think so. All right, cool. Uh, let me tell all the Hoops fans out there about the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This one is too good to pass up. We're talking between the legs, 360, windmill, good. New customers can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now, use the promo code PHNX, and bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It is that simple. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Be sure to use that code PHNX. And of course, if you are already a, a DraftKings Sportsbook customer, you can bet on the NBA with same game parlays. So combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Of course, we all know DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And the best part is you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So one more time, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that promo code PHNX. And new customers bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. Just a reminder, that is 21 and older only, Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. It, that that deal sounds so good that it wouldn't be eligible for the dunk contest. Because nobody <laughs> could do a 360 windmill in that this weekend. Oh, shots fired. <laughs> Gerald's on your team, though, with that one. He hated it. <laughs> Absolutely hated it. Never again. Oh, my gosh. All right. We've got one more thing to share with you guys before we get on to our last uh, topic of the day. So children five and older are eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine. Now, the vaccine is the best tool we have to reduce the chances of getting sick with COVID-19. The COVID-19 vaccine can reduce the risk of being hospitalized or dying from the disease. Safe, free, and highly effective COVID-19 vaccines are available throughout Arizona. Visit azhealth.gov slash findvaccine for a location near you. All right, gentlemen, in honor of Tuesday to 22-22, we are going to hold a snake draft of the best Suns players to ever wear the number two or 22. Now, this one's going to be interesting for two reasons. One, there's about, I think, 30 or so players on this list that we can choose from. Some are good. Some are really bad. Um, and then the second part is that the last time we held a snake draft, it was it was a hot, hot topic. <laughs> <laughs> I specifically got ripped to shreds on social media. So I'm a little bit nervous about this one. How are you guys kind of feeling going into this? Don't worry. The rubber band will snap back and I'll get I'll wind up in third place again. I'll get screwed. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> I don't know, Espo. It's pretty rough. Well, our drafting order is going to be Espo, Gerald, and then myself, which I think actually happened to be the same as the last time we did a snake draft. So I don't know if this is redemption for me or just like a <laughs> like a little light a for me. Yeah, I know. Repeat. Thank you. <laughs> Couldn't I, think think it, word. I think it benefits you at the beginning and screws you in the end here because it's going to be very difficult to have that very last pick of this, this and try true. to come up with somebody worth picking but uh, at the beginning those back-to-back -back, i think will save you here so how many are we drafting are we I doing five again five 
Oh shit. <laughs> Are we doing five or should I we think just we do should. four? Just just to let's put put together five. Should we make it as close to an actual basketball roster as possible or just no, the no, five no, best no, we no. can get? No, that's too much work. Okay. All right. Well, with the first pick in the God knows why we're doing this, but it is Tuesday draft. I'm going to take DeAndre Ayton center out of the University of Arizona. Yep, that's the no-brainer number one pick. That's You hate to see it with the number two pick go off the board like that. Um, I'm going to – I'm going to go with a pick that I made in the last draft as well uh, when we were talking about most beloved sons. I'm going to go with Goran Dragic with the number two pick. Um, Swing and a miss. Oh, no. That's a that's a sure fight. That's a third team, all-NBA teamer, most improved player. Not, not when he wore the number two, though. Oh, man. We're differentiating that far, too. This is about uh, this is, wearing the number. You made the pick already, though, so it's in the books. Uh, well, the the pick's already in the books, but I stand by it just because of what he did to the San Antonio Spurs <laughs> in the playoffs. I'll take right. it. <laughs> Lindsay has two very good picks on the board here, and if she doesn't take both, I'm going to be highly disappointed. I feel like you're about to be highly disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, Lindsay? Go off the record. <laughs> Uh, Isaiah Kanan. (laughs) Okay. Um, I'm so nervous about this one. I feel like my palms are all sweaty about this one because just the trauma from the last one is still sticking around with me. I'm going to go Joe Johnson and Elliot Perry. Okay. Not the two I had in mind. One of the two I had in mind, but uh, I think both solid picks there. Yeah, I I was... I was going to take Joe Johnson next if you didn't. So, okay, good. Um, <laughs> At least yeah. I'm not I'll, that far off. <laughs> I, I'm probably, I think I'm going to make Espo upset with my next pick, but I'm going to go with Larry Nance for my second pick. Yeah, you have to do it. Uh, quality pick. I'm, yeah, I'm not upset with you because if you'd gone anywhere else, everybody else would have been uh, a little worried about your uh, mental stability there. <laughs> uh, so now, wait, now hold this on. You said Larry Nance? Yeah, mm-hmm. Larry Nance. This is where it gets a little tough. This is oh, so I gotta I I gotta make two picks in a row here. We're we're already scraping the bottom of this proverbial barrel, but I think the next pick I'm gonna go with is oh, oh. I'll go Danny Ainge next. Oh man, okay. Long-range Danny Ainge, member of the 92-93 championship team who wore 20 – or Western Conference championship team that won uh, – wore 22. Oh, and now yeah. this is between two guys from the seven seconds or less era. Oh, boy. Oh, man. He's agonizing over this one. <laughs> well, one oh, – yeah, I am. This one, this one's gonna, this one's gonna make or break my team. I feel like too. That's the problem here. Okay. Tim Thomas. Ah, uh, you, you took him off the board. I wanted him. Wait, hold on. I'm sorry. Who was your first one again? Uh, Danny Ainge and then okay. Tim Thomas. Ainge and Tim Thomas. Okay. Uh, probably thought I was gonna go Marcus Banks, but you know, I, <laughs> I didn't want to go over the cap. So I worried for a second there. Um, <laughs> See, this is difficult because now you've pigeonholed me into, I think, the player that we all agree is going to 
Ugh, people are not going to like this pick. I already know it. So I don't know if I need to pander to the audience here or just take the best player. Who's I think you should do it so that I don't have to. <laughs> See, <laughs> Lindsay just saying that tells me I need oh. to stay away. From it. <laughs> I don't want to be in your pick. That's what I'm saying right now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I understand. I'm going to I'm gonna stay away from it. I'm going to pander Damn to the it, audience. Gerald. And I'm going to go with James Jones right now. <laughs> that was that was who I was agonizing between him and Tim Thomas. So <laughs> I'm avoiding. I'm still avoiding that name that we all know is still out there. Who is actually a very good player for the Suns? Like that's what I'm saying. Like, but <laughs> see now, Lindsay has has a debate here because she's got back to back picks. Does mm. she take this guy and potentially tank her roster this for a second so straight vote? Because people don't like like what she did. Now we'll find out on the most dramatic version of the PHNX Sun snake draft ever. I'm so mad at this whole thing. <laughs> oh, you got two picks too. It's so it's gonna be so hard to not take him. I mean, listen, here's my situation, right? Mm-hmm. The last time we did a snake draft, I went mm-hmm. with more so person over player. I got right. ripped. In this draft, if I go player over person, I'm going to get ripped. Like, <laughs> WTF, you guys? What is this like? What are the actual rules here? Do we just, like, does everyone just get to make them up as we go? Is that how this works? But like I real mean... life, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's uh... tough wins. I, th- I think what you do, if you have to take him, I think you take him with your second pick so that he's further down the list. And then maybe it'll be like, people will be like, oh, okay, well, if it was in the fourth round, then I guess that makes sense. Do you All think right. people are that nuanced? I, I'm, I'm amazed, Gerald. Yeah, I guess I tried. Yeah, no, they really do, though, because I got ripped for having Jamal third when I should have taken him fifth. It would have been less like. I mean, to be fair, you could have gotten Jamal Crawford at any point. I know, but I was just going based on my own feelings. All right, you fine. You'll get him right do. now if we were still drafting that. <laughs> All right, play. here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take Mark Bryant. Okay. And then I'm going to take Eric Bledsoe. That's smart. She's bracing for the Bledsoe <laughs> impact by taking a, uh, a fan favorite assistant coach. I like where your head's at. Then. Okay. I'll, I'll take him in the fourth round, but I took a better assistant coach beforehand. <laughs> I'm just doing um, the best I can here. Oh man, this is where it really gets difficult, huh? Um, let's see. I'm gonna go ahead and go with. I'm torn between two guys, and most of these guys have only played like one season, so this is really a crapshoot at this point. I'm gonna go with Miles Plumley next. All right, that was one of the two on my list that oh. I was waiting for. Uh, so you get the Plum Dog Millionaire. Had a surprisingly good first few seasons in a Suns uniform before being traded. So He did, uh, he did. I'm going to go with, you brought up, there were a lot of guys that were one season in the uniform, but this uh-huh. guy made the most of his one season in a Suns uniform. I'm going to take Matt Barnes, who you may not remember, but averaged 10 points, five and a half rebounds and almost three assists as a member of the Phoenix Suns in 08, 09. So I'll take, uh, I'll take Matt Barnes there. And then my 
my final pick, right? This is my last pick. Yes, this is your oh. final pick. <laughs> that, now, this is tough because there's a guy on here that I want to take for the same reason Lindsay takes people. Actually, <laughs> actually two. I want to give the, this guy his flowers because he was particularly nice to me, both of these guys. I don't know if I can pull the trigger if I want to win this. Let's don't don't take the one that I want. <laughs> I'm gonna take Michael Red. Oh, okay. He was, was that he the was guy you the, wanted? He was one of the two that were left on my board. He would have been my fallback, I think. But yeah, Michael I love Michael Red. Michael Red was there my first season with the Suns, and one of the nicest human beings ever was a guy that uh, was so cool. Let us do some really, really ridiculous. Uh, things with him as well in my first year uh, covering the team for sons.com. So I, uh, and um, a spectacular player, just unfortunately most of those or those years weren't in a son's uniform, but I'll go Michael red as the final one. Okay. That's a, uh, that's a fair pick. I, the guy that I would see, Michael red's probably going to look better because people are going to see Michael red's name and be like, Oh yeah, I forgot about Michael red. My guy was just here recently. I'm going to go with Langston Galloway for my Rude. final pick. Those, those were the two <laughs> on my list. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> you took Langston Galloway as your yes. final pick. I got a Jizo Pete's. Um... <laughs> Not a Jizo Pete's. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I might do, for my final pick, I might go with a guy who... I feel like was super nice, um, yeah. but I don't know if people, I don't know how people would feel about it. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, I think I'm going to go Ronnie Price. Ronnie Price. That was, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. He was on my big board. Was he? Before. Okay, good. <laughs> but mostly because the big board <laughs> was only like 15 players long. Yeah, I mean, he, he was, it looked like he was going to be like an assistant coach here for a while, honestly. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I remember like I had multiple interactions with him during my time covering the Suns, and he was super awesome, really kind. So, mm -hmm. shocker putting in uh, the person <laughs> into the player here. I guess this is just going to be one of those things where we'll just have to see what <laughs> everyone else in the Suns space on social media feels about these. See, I feel like they're going to rip all five of our or all three of our teams until they realize how limited the selections were. Yeah, I, we I, might have to put out like the list of people that you have to choose from alongside with our selections <laughs> so that they can go and be like, oh, OK, I see. I'm dealing with the Walmart of Internet today, apparently. Uh, was Lindsay's final pick Zabian Dowdell? I didn't hear who it was. So It was not. Sorry. No, to sorry. I went with Ronnie Price. Okay. The pride of Utah Valley. I, I understand. <laughs> Shouts All out right. to the undrafted Elia Kobo, Wes Johnson, Alfred Payton, and Joe Barry Carroll, who was a number one overall pick in his draft, but barely played for the Suns and did not put up great numbers here at all. And, and Isaiah Kanan. Let's oh, not yes. forget him. R.I.P. <laughs> Former starting point guard Isaiah Kanan. Yes. Yeah. Elia Kobo was sweet. Um, okay, so to recap, <laughs> Espo has DeAndre and Danny Ainge, Tim Thomas, Matt Barnes, Michael Red, and then Gerald has Goran, Drogic, Larry Nance, James Jones, Miles Plumley, Langston Galloway. I have Joe Johnson, Elliot Perry, Mark Bryant, Eric Bledsoe, and Ronnie Price. 
Yeah, I feel like Espo's got the strongest team. I I feel like when you listen to that list, that Eric Bledsoe pick sounds spectacular in the fourth round. <laughs> it does. It does. It does sound a lot better fourth round than third or second round. I feel like just by having DeAndre Ayton, Espo's going to run away with this thing, though. I don't know. He's a lightning rod. I'll say that. That's yeah, true. that's true. But I mean, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> I am I am curious to see how Sun's Twitter reacts to the Matt Barnes pick because he was good the one season that he was here, but for the most part he spent most of his career being a guy that annoyed every opponent that he played against. He, he's also a guy that yelled at Robert Sarver on the sidelines once, I believe. So oh, he may okay. win some points for that. I don't I don't know. I'm just saying. That's fair. He has some good content, so we'll find <laughs> out. <laughs> we'll find out. All right, gentlemen, thank you for participating in this silly little Tuesday snake draft. Um, again, just a reminder, these were players who either wore the number two or 22, so don't come for our next. Uh, <laughs> you guys thought those were the best sons ever? What's wrong with you? <laughs> Thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. We appreciate your support. We're going to have another audio-only podcast for you guys tomorrow with a special guest, and uh, it'll be a lot of fun, so be sure to keep an eye out for that wherever you get your podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, of course, and leave us a five-star review. It helps us out a lot, and we really appreciate it. Um, I'm Lindsay Smith. You can follow me on Twitter at LindsaySmithAZ. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. And, of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. Remember, you're more than just a number. But sometimes you're not. Ahoy, hoy. <laughs>